City again, and it's three, and an absolutely exquisite finish with two and a half minutes to go, and we've talked her up, Darren Hemp, and we've said what a good player she's going to be, and what a fine goal it was to wrap up the FA Cup final. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of MCW Fancast. My name's Emma, thanks for listening. This week the club have announced that Nick Cushing will leave his role as manager of Manchester City Women after a six and a half year tenure. Nick will remain as manager for upcoming fixtures before his final game at the Academy Stadium on the 2nd of February against Arsenal. Nick has accepted a new role within the City Football Group as assistant manager at New York City in the United States. Later in the podcast, I chat to Dave and Jane from the official Man City Women's Supporters Club on their thoughts on the news of Nick Cushing's departure from the club. I also chat to Sarah Halpin as we preview our upcoming fixture against Everton at the Academy Stadium and hear Sarah's thoughts on Everton's stellar start to their season so far. And Dave has some away days information for fans making the trip to Sheffield United on Wednesday night for our quarter-final game in the Conti Cup. But first, last Sunday, Manchester City recorded a 4-1 win at the Hive against Tottenham Hotspur women. A dominant first-half performance and City were able to get off the mark with two quick succession goals from Bremer and White, which saw some excellent link-up play. Tottenham awarded a penalty for a Steph Horton foul on Rihanna Dean, who was able to convert from the spot just beyond the reach of Ellie Roebuck. However, it wasn't long before City added another goal to their lead through Bremer once again, with Hemp also contributing towards the end of the first half. Tottenham made changes in the second half, which saw them settle more into the game, but fortunately for City, it wasn't enough, and we took the three points back to Manchester. Speaking at full-time, hear from manager Nick Cushing and Paulie Le Bremer. really pleased with the performance and how clinical we were but I think this game has the, op- the potential to be a bit of a sticky game you know it's straight after Christmas we had an extended break at Christmas our players didn't come back until 2nd of January when most of the clubs came back between Christmas and New Year um, just purely because we've got so many internationals that went away the World Cup will go the Olympics um, so we just wanted to make sure that we were clinical because this time last year we drew with Bristol one all and it damaged our chances of winning the league so a yeah, really good performance I'm pleased that we put two strikers up there and they both scored and Paulie and Bremen looked really sharp so um, professional performance I'm really pleased we want to be up there from the last two or three games fighting for the title um, we know really clearly what we've got to do we've got to win all the games in and around Arsenal and Chelsea and then we've got to beat Chelsea and Arsenal at home um, if we drop any points like today or like Brighton before Christmas it'll be really damaging for us because not only have we lost the heads-to-heads but we learned last year that draws are really damaging so We've got to make sure we stay consistent in and around those games and then those games will be incredibly big once they come. They've done really well, they've recruited exceptionally well. I know Karen and Carlos well as well, they're, they're, they're good coaches and, you know, although it will have surprised a few people, you know, how well they've done, it didn't with me because I know I was with Karen in the summer and she was really focusing on her recruitment because she knew that would give them the, the best chance of competing in the league and their start of the season has been exceptional. Yeah, I mean, Pauline had a long time out when she first came here and then... She got a run in the side at the start of the year, then she was out again and she got run. 
knows she wants to play every week. She scores every time she plays, and if we can you know, find the place in the team for her to play, we know she'll contribute with goals. And today she's she staked a, a real claim to stay in the team by scoring two. And 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 you know, I thought not not just the goals, her overall performance in the build-up and her link-up play was really good. Yeah, it did surprise me a little, but we we, we had that at West Ham and we scored early against Brighton. And I think for us, we spoke in the hotel last night about. When you, when, if you look at all the games when teams draw, like the Chelsea-Liverpool draw, like ours against Bristol, like ours against Reading last year, um, it's because you don't take your chances. You know, we, we had an incredible amount of chances in those draws last season, but we didn't take them. And we spoke about being clinical and to go for four minutes, two nil up, um, was really pleasing. And then, but the most pleasing part was when it went two-one. We scored immediately after that to make it 3-1, which really takes back control of the game. I said to him at half-time that the, the minimum requirement was to leave 4-1. If we could win 5-1, 6-1, of course, but you know, we're playing against an incredibly difficult team. We knew that at half-time that they would probably look at how we played and try and change some things and try and stop how we were getting the ball in behind so easy and how we were getting overloads down the sides. So I expect it to be a different half. Um, and the coaches, you know, they're good coaches. They're going to motivate their team to make sure that at home they don't get beat by a lot. Um, I didn't feel like we took our foot off the gas. I just thought the game plays out that way. Oh, amazing. It feels always uh, really good to score. and um, But especially um, to win, of course. Um, the game was important. First game back after Christmas. Um, we haven't seen each other in a while. So it was good to get the three points. That was the main thing. Um, we're taking each game as it comes, of course, because... Um, if you already think too far ahead, you can get caught up. And um, I think we were really professional today and took the game um, to our hands. Uh, we were really dominant. And of course, we, we're playing for titles. We know that when you're at the club like Man City, you always want to be at the top. So, um, yeah, but each each game has to be won first. Really good, of course. Um, um, these are the games where you can sometimes struggle. And we had it last year, the game after Christmas, where we, we draw. and. Um, we know that it can happen, but um, yeah, we're happy that it didn't happen this yeah. uh, this time for us. So um, yeah, really looking forward to the next weeks. Yeah, it feels amazing. Um, I'm just uh, enjoying it today as well. I was just gonna go out and, and have fun basically because um, I I was out for a while, so you miss football, and now I'm back. I feel fit and healthy. That's the main thing, and um, yeah, everything else will just come with the joy of playing. <laughs> this week's podcast uh, given the news announced yesterday uh, Thursday the 9th of January we will mark it as a day in, in Man City history uh, announced by the club that Nick Cushing will be departing from Manchester City Women as manager from February um, certainly not the conversation I thought we'd be having this week um, how are you both feeling about the announcement having had the opportunity to, to sort of sleep on it now um, it was a massive shock to me. Uh, I didn't see it coming at all. Um, and I personally, I'm really going to see Nick go. I think we've had an amazing few years under Nick. Trophies after trophies that you kind of that we would have never believed of in the beginning. So I think it is a huge shock for me. Yeah, same. Really, I didn't see it coming. Maybe there was talk maybe at the end of the season that there could be changes. But I mean, you know, you take a lot of it with a pinch of salt, don't you? Yeah. And get on with it. Um, the most shocking thing is probably the timing because uh, we are although out of Europe again earlier we are still 
very heavily involved in three major competitions, so you wouldn't have thought it would be the best timing. But the job that Nick's taken, um, obviously with New York, they have a different season to us, and it will entail him going over there and, and, and doing pre-season with them. So it was probably, you know, from his point of view, um, the right time to take this new new position. Yeah, I mean, talk about New Year, new beginnings, and <laughs> like that cliche stuff. I mean. Yeah, definitely, obviously, a massive shock. I mean, like you said, the timing. I mean, given that, obviously, we're in contention at the moment at the top of the table, um, you know, we're fighting up there with Arsenal and Chelsea and obviously still in the running with um, hopefully retaining cup trophies this season, like you say, the Country Cup and the FA Cup. Just a, a, a massive shock and a massive surprise and not even an inkling that this was going to be announced this week. No, no, it's... I'd say it's the timing more than anything. There were rumours, you know, and they were only that rumours that, you know, that there may be change at the end of the season if we didn't do well. Um, we all thought they would wait till the end of the season and see how we did, you know, take stock. You never know, we could end up, like you say, with three trophies. You never know. You know, it's a hard, hard, uh, hard thing to win three trophies, but it, it is certainly possible. But, uh, yeah, so it's, like I say, for me personally, it's, it's, the, it's the timing rather than the actual decision. But, um, Obviously, Nick's taken um, a decision for his own career that he feels is best for him. I think it's time to reflect, you know, before he goes, we should reflect on how successful he's been at City. Yeah, I mean, in terms of longevity and, and what Nick has obviously given uh, Man City women, I mean, he really has given the club probably everything he can. Yeah, I think so. I think he's done a fantastic job. When you look kind of at the beginning when he was, you know, he was chosen as a coach from the academy to come on and take on this role and... He didn't really probably know himself at the time what it had entailed. And I think the impact he's had, not just on City, but probably on women's football in this country in general, can't be underestimated. Yeah. yeah he, was, he was very highly, uh, very highly thought to a lot of people thought he might have got the England job at one point, didn't they? And, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. So I'd say he's very highly regarded in the women's game. Um, whether it's a loss for the women's game, you know, because he's moved to men's football, Maybe it's a debate for another time, but um, if you just sat the runners of City, when they started City Women as a professional outfit in 2014, when we rebranded from Manchester City Ladies, if you just sat down the people who, who, who sat there at that meeting on the first day and said, we would win six major trophies in the first six years, first five years, really, um, you know, that's not to be sniffed at. That, that, is a, that is some achievement, and I think, you know, when we get over the initial shot that, that Nick's going and stuff, I think we should celebrate his era uh, as a really successful one. I mean, five major tro- uh, six major trophies in five years is something we should all be very proud of, and Nick himself should be very proud of as well. Mm-hmm. And, and his stats. Yeah, and the stats, um, I was just going to read them to you. So, 134 wins, 27 defeats, 19 draws. I mean, that win ratio is pretty spectacular. It says, yeah, yeah. Um, a trophy in the first season is something that is was was amazing at the time. Nobody expected that. I don't think City would have expected that, to be honest with you. It was all about consolidation that first season, yet they went on and won a, won a trophy. And then, obviously, the season where they were unbeaten uh, and won the league, won the Conti Cup again. Uh, I've followed that up. We've, we've followed that up since with more Conti Cups, two FA Cups, trips to Wembley, very special memories that we've all got for a lifetime. Yeah. So, you would agree that, um, obviously, Nick has had a hugely successful era at the club. You know, in terms of where women's football is going, you know, he has set a, a pretty high precedent for the next manager of the club. He set a hugely high precedent. 
new manager. I mean, whoever that new manager in, uh, is who comes in has got big shoes to fill. You know, there are fans and, and people who watch the club who expect us to be challenging for trophies every year. So the new manager, whoever that might be, has got kind of big shoes to fill. Fans have obviously been talking on social media and things like that, and though a lot of people and many, many fans are wishing him well, and we do really wish him the very best in his new role at New York City, some have said that it is time for a change. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, that's football, it's all opinions, isn't it? I mean, well, even when City haven't won something, they've certainly been challenging for it. Even last season, right till we didn't lose a league game, even though we didn't win the league till the very last game. So we've certainly been up there and challenging. Um, some people do say it was time for a change. I was quite happy with how the season was going, apart from obviously going out of Europe again early. I thought that the signings were good in the summer. Uh, but it's been unfortunate that three of the main signings, Eva, Ellen and Laura Coombs, they were all really experienced WSL players, which is what I think we needed. They've all unfortunately suffered injuries of one degree and another, and that's affected you know how many games they've all played. Obviously, now Eva's out long term is a loss but they were all good signings at the time good solid players that I was happy with uh, we chatted on the podcast didn't we about the new signings and I just thought they were, they were pretty good yeah. so I was happy so me personally I didn't feel it was time for a change yet but football being what it is a lot of people didn't agree with that and thought it was and I've seen a lot of people like yourself social media say that we felt it was a bit stale this and that and everyone's, everyone's entitled to their opinion obviously that's what football's all about it's all about opinions um, so, you know, maybe maybe I'll be proved right, maybe they'll be proved right, you know, I don't yeah. like, we don't know. Looking ahead now, um, you know, we've obviously Alan Mahan taking over as uh, manager, interim manager for the foreseeable. I mean, Nick, he's worked alongside Nick uh, as his assistant and if anyone can oversee this team during this process, you feel that Alan would be the right guy for the job and keeping it in-house will hopefully result in less disruption for the team? Um, yeah, definitely. I hope that will have an element of helping the players to feel kind of that it's somebody familiar, somebody that they know, um, and they'll still feel quite comfortable. And like you say, hopefully it won't feel like too much of a disruption for them to start with. Yeah. I think, um, you know, there's positives and negatives, obviously, with that as well. I think the positive is obviously you get a bit of consistency. Um, he's, he's bringing, is it Brian Eastwick from the England under 20 set up as yeah. well? Other than that, I would imagine the rest of the staff will stay the same. Chris, for the goalkeeping coach and, you know, your physios and all that will stay the same for now at least. So, it does bring a level of uh, consistency for the players. You've got senior players there like Steph, Jill, KB, who've been there since the rebound, since 2014. So, they'll have an influence on, on some younger players who may feel a little bit, you know, thrown by it. I'm sure they've got a part to play. So, that's the important thing now. I don't think there'll be any more big changes now, obviously, till the summer. I think the club have pretty much stated that. You never know. If, if Alan does really well and, and goes on, he might get the job. Or he might be in the running for the job. We, we don't know. Mm-hmm. That's all speculation. Yeah. All we can do now, all we can do now mm-hmm. is just, just you know, accept what's happened, move on and, and, and be as positive as we can with it. And as you say, Alan's certainly been in the setup for long enough to know know how it works. He knows all the players. And that's a good thing. And obviously, there you spoke about uh, Brian Eastick. I mean... He's coming in as more of a, a supporting role, is that right? I believe so. I'm not the, the, club, the statement from the club. I don't know much about him myself, personally. I've not read up on him yet. But obviously, if he comes from that England set-up, he's, he's, he's worked with young players. He's probably more of a uh, coach. I don't know if Alan will be a hands-on. I know Alan was very 
hands on with taking the training and stuff, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Alongside Nick, I don't know how long we'll carry on doing that. Probably will. He'll try. I think. I think the idea will be to create as little change on a day to day basis as possible. That's what I think. But you yeah. know, obviously time will tell. I believe it's, it's not ideal, but consistency is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I believe he's managed Newport County, so like you said, and you know, the England, England under twenty one. So he will have a, a a lot of experience to bring to the club with him. So, you know, hopefully that will will stand us in good stead, if you like, during this time. Yeah, yeah, you want to try and keep it as smooth as you can the transition, because we've got some big games coming up. Every every league game is crucial. We spoke about that last week. Yeah. Um, we've got Arsenal coming up soon. The cup draw this week, Cambridge United away again as usual. So. You know, big, big games, so we don't need any extra drama, so I think mm. consistency and uh, a smooth transition is, is essential, both up to when it goes and afterwards. Yeah. Do you feel that these next four games now are potentially even bigger for City? Um, I mean, they're, they're all massive games, like they said, the, the league games are really important, and coming up, you know, we've got big, big cup games on the horizon, so... I think they take on an extra element of Nick will want to go out on a high. Yeah. So, you know, he'll probably put himself under a bit more pressure to to try and make sure we succeed in those games. So hopefully, like, the more experienced players, like Dave says, can help the younger players who might not have gone through something like this before can help them to kind of just feel settled and just feel a bit more secure in it. Yeah, yeah a lot of big things, like I said before, people like Steph and Jill and KB... For instance, they were in the England setup um, when that changed quite suddenly. And I'm hoping things like, like, like if it does throw some of the younger players, I'm hoping having those sort of players around on a daily basis can help smooth that. In terms of, it is odd that, you know, they say, oh, Nick's got five games left, he's not leaving like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's quite rare, isn't it, that you get that sort of period where he's got five games, but it's not till the end of the season, he's just got five games, probably at the most crucial point of the season now. Yeah. As well, but he will want to win them because Nick's that sort of man. Yeah. He wants to win every game, and I don't think that'll change. Uh, I don't think we'll see much in the way uh, in tactical change. I think he'll try and keep it exactly as it is for the next five games. If we win all the five games that he's in charge of, we're going to be in a good position. Yeah. When he does go, and then you know, we'll take it on from there. But you know, it, it's an odd one because you don't often get managers leaving at this time of the season, and then also leaving in a month's time. So I think they usually leave instantly that day. And how do you think the changes at the club will affect things like player mentality? Well, I, I would imagine that in different ways, this is what I said about the more experienced players have a role to play. I honestly believe that um, every player is different. Some players need an arm around the shoulder, some players sometimes need a rocket, you know, that side, things like that. And I would imagine, you know, when, when something like this happens, it's the same thing. Some players have to react one way, some players might react a different way. That's a good thing in that Alan will know those players. Yeah. Alan will know that sort of thing and that, that's important. Um, I've noticed when City men have changed managers over the last six or seven years, they've always kept someone like Brian Kidd there as a liaison in the backroom staff because he knows the players and that level of con- that, that knowledge, that consistency I think is an important thing to have. Yeah. Um, so although there's negatives around losing, you know, Nick leaving and stuff, the positive with Alan staying is that consistency level and I think um, you know, when you say how will it affect the players, we don't know on a day-to-day basis, you know, when it's all about temperament and different players reacting different ways. 
and obviously there's been a lot of talk about replacements i mean it is like <laughs> like really hard to even think about it at the moment but as expected you know there are names already being put into the mix and i'm, I'm not going to ask you for names in particular but unless you've got your own ideas but what would you be really looking for in terms of experience and credentials to fill the role uh, within the club? Um, I think they will go for somebody who's got experience, somebody who's a proven manager, in my opinion. Um, like we said before, when Nick came and took over this, it was very different. They chose him out of the backroom staff, the, the kind of academy coaching staff, and he was, he was unknown. He hadn't done management at this level before, but I think this time they'll be looking for somebody who can come on and continue to take us Phil Neville uh, was given the role, given his background and his experience within uh, women's football and the women's team. How would you feel if somebody made that transition from the men's to the women's game? Well, yeah, it's difficult. We haven't really seen it at a club level to, to the extent of the Phil Neville thing, have we? So um, there are major differences, I think, between men and women's football that would need to be adapted with someone going either way. facilities and that how cohesive uh, both the women's and the men's side together in terms of you know working together training liaising with each other as you know teams and trying to be um you know that same city same passion the idea and the thought of obviously being amongst that caliber of players and 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 those facilities it really is enticing for for anyone coming in yeah it must be a really enticing opportunity if somebody is up with a chance of getting that, you know, coming in and, like say, the facilities that we've got and the the professionalism that, that runs through the club at those levels and being able to share those facilities and have access to the same things that the men's players have access to. I think it's a massive plus point for anybody who's thinking, oh, you know, might give this a go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We can't really leave without, obviously, wishing Nick well. I mean, he's been... 
uh, a part of obviously the set up like you said from from an academy coach i think it was like i've googled it i didn't really know to be honest but i've found 2007 <laughs> is that does that sound about right yeah, he trained, he trained in the academy. I think he started with something like younger age, under nine boys. He, yeah. He trained Phil Folden and people of that age group when he was working at Platt Lane with City and then on to the, where, you know, obviously the academy where we are now. So he's been at City a long time um, prior to actually taking the women's job when we became professional, you know, the rebrand 2014, mm-hmm. late 2013. Um, so Nick's been there a long time. So, he, you know, and like I said before, we should celebrate his era. the opportunity and the and the, the role and the job that he is taken up in America. I mean it is a credible an incredible opportunity. Oh yeah it's an incredible opportunity and he's obviously, you know, this offer's come about and he's thought it's something he doesn't want to overlook and he wants to go and you know, like you say, New Year, try something new. Obviously, it is still within the City Football Group. It offers that sort of, I guess, an open door. You know, I'm sure that he'd be welcome back to Manchester in in some different capacity. You know, you know, you never know. I mean, the fact that, it, like I said, it's it's City Football, and he's obviously valued enough to to obviously warrant to stay within the group itself. talking to me tonight i mean i know it's obviously still pretty raw um let's hope that obviously on saturday that uh he'll get a, a good i say welcome he's not coming back but <laughs> a good ovation as he as he walks out on the pitch yeah, at the sorry, academy well, on saturday you know, we've got izzy coming back as well so we've got something planned for him he's another one who's very special to us at the uh, at city and at the osc you know, that first season when she scored in the cup final and uh it's just great to see her back you know yeah. You know, in, in this country, playing football again, and uh, I'm, we're just playing a very warm welcome for her. Yeah. And Jane's going to get one of the famous selfies with her. I'm going to try to anyway. <laughs> you're, you're nearly there now, aren't you? You're nearly at. How many? At, what was it last time I saw? It was about seventy. Is that about right? Or yeah, I've got a couple more actually from this week that I need to tweet. So I might do that uh, at some point. 
tomorrow. You'll have that done by by, by May for sure. I hope so. <laughs> Probably sooner. Um, yeah, well, that that's really good. I, you know, even obviously despite the news this week, still looking forward to the game on Saturday. It is an important game. Um, City will be looking to get the three points and obviously Everton... We're a difficult opposition for us earlier in the season, so um, it'll be important to, to pick up the points at the weekend. Yes, very much so. Yeah, and we'll see you there. Wicked. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Jane. Thank you. Bye, Emma. Bye. 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 Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Emma. And yourself? Uh, in mourning, but I'm all right. <laughs> I know. What a crazy, what a crazy thing to have happened just before we started recording this as well, so... Madness. Oh, madness. But um, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Everton, the Everton City game at the weekend. Um, fantastic start to the season for Ever- Everton, currently in fifth in the WSL, uh, with only the goal difference between yourselves and United separating for fourth place. Um, <laughs> when madness. I know. So, like, when you look back at, um, you know, like, 12, just over 12 months now, I think it's been since Willie's come in, and to where the club is now, you must be really happy with the progression and the impact that he's had at the club. I'm absolutely over the moon because, you know, it was last season was my first season that I started working alongside the girls, and, you know, it was tough, We you know, after every game, trying to do the post-match interviews and stuff with them when, when it was another defeat, you know, and it's hard it's hard mentally I think for the team and the confidence as well and when Willie came in one of the benefits I think was that he had sort of the remainder of last season to really establish the squad and you know what what his his team was like and what he wanted to do going forward start to implement his style of play and his philosophies um but obviously these things take time and we we started to see towards the end of the season that the performances were improving I remember one of our final games was away at Arsenal and it was 2-1 and we really pushed them right to right to the wire and you wouldn't think that given where we were in the table but you could see it starting to progress and then of course over the summer a massive turnaround and and, and some of the names we've brought in you know the likes of Kika Van of course huge name um, Tinny Corpella in goal she's been great as well um, Mav Clemeron Lucy Graham's been a revelation Molly Pike um, we brought in a good a good number of players Esme Morgan of course I've known through yeah. you guys as well who's done very well um, so yeah we, we've, we've made some big signings and it's like everything's starting to come together now um, the experience mixed with the youth that we've already got in the team it's fantastic and I have to pinch myself sometimes like watching some of the football we play I've supported Everton Everton women or Everton ladies as they were when I first started going for, for you know well over a decade now and um, to, to see the football even when you look back to we've had of course some excellent names at our club over the years but certainly some of the nicest football I've ever seen Everton play and as you mentioned then you know Izzy Christensen coming in as well Sandy MacGyver we're bringing in top top quality and it's showing that Everton's a really attractive football club in the women's game again and, and that certainly is very exciting you know we could we could have got, got relegated last year had it not been for Yeovil you know so yeah. um, to see it turn around like this like you said just United above us on goal difference and we have of course got a couple of games in hand as well with uh, certain games being postponed so yeah it's it, it doesn't it's it's sort of surreal um but in in all the right ways and Chloe Kelly as well coming back in you know 
what a what a revelation she's been. She's she suffered a lot with injury in her time at Everton, but mm. she really hit the ground running this season, and and she set the WSL alight and and really lifted the team as well. Yeah, I remember uh, reading like an interview or a post match thing post match thing with Chloe Kelly, and she said she's only playing at like seventy percent of her potential. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine like what she's gonna be like at like a hundred percent? I mean, that's just unreal. <laughs> terrifies me you know it's like she's such a lovely girl as well and I think you know the way she plays on the pitch she, she's gonna ruffle feathers because nobody can get near her I mean I certainly wouldn't want to play against her and often we see our, our players saying you know it's not fair that you know we have to play against her every day in training <laughs> and yeah if that's her at 70% then my goodness um, certainly exciting for the future of English football as oh, well yeah, as the Lionesses because no doubt she's gonna she's gonna really establish herself in there because she is like she is so young as well like what she's 20 21 yeah she's 21 i believe she'll she'll tell me off if that's wrong I think she's <laughs> 21 at the moment yeah um she's a baby still really in the scheme of things and you wouldn't think that in the way she plays would you she's, no. she's very switched on yeah absolutely i mean like heading into saturday both teams were wanting to pick up points on saturday but having already met earlier in the season and it was such a a closely fought match uh, are you expecting much of the same but um with much better playing in playing conditions on this occasion <laughs> <laughs> do you know what southport has has had its, tr- its troubles over the last couple of seasons you know it's it was ridiculous and you was sort of having a giggle because i i was saying it at half time i said goodness like that corner on the pitch is doing some of the defending force, I think, you know? <laughs> the bar would just stop it just stopped it just dead stopped, wouldn't it it was her, I, I was i wasn't sure it was going to go ahead to be honest but obviously it did and as you said it was the the step out and free kick early in the game it was the, the only thing to separate the two yeah. sides and i believe it was lucy graham like pretty much the last kick of the game um well it was ahead and, and it was cleared off the line i think as well so it was very very tight um and yeah i think the fact you know we didn't play unfortunately we were really really gutted that our game was cancelled against West Ham last weekend because they'd had the flu or something yes, uh, an outbreak yes. of flu which is a madness um but there you go so we couldn't play that and you know that might that might work in our benefit I'm sure the girl I know the girls were gutted I'm really frustrated by that so if anything they'll probably be more up for it more up and, and fresh legs and and ready to get stuck in but it will certainly be a tough game and I definitely think a competitive one as well yeah, I mean, like City this season, Everton seems to have a good number of players, like you said, contributing goals this season. But you spoke of a few players there that's impressed you, but who do you think will be the ones to watch on Saturday? Definitely Chloe Kelly, um, as we just mentioned there. We all know what she's capable of. And Lucy Graham as well. I think she's been an absolute revelation since she's come into the side. You know, she's scored a couple of pingers as well. Um favourite one of course being at Anfield when we beat the we, when we beat them not from over the park and um, you know she scored an excellent goal as well against against Spurs and she's been such a breath of fresh air into the side but we've got players the likes of Hannah Kane who's definitely due a goal as well um, Sammy Boyce Lorca I think it was who, who scored against City away last season as well so um, but I, I'm going to say that my ones to, my ones to watch certainly is going to be Chloe Kelly and you know Anessa Kagman as well we've not seen quite enough of Vanessa Kagman I don't think this season she's such a talented young player um, in the in the Holland squad of course as well alongside yeah. Kika Van Essen she's got it in her to score some screamers she scored one in the cup I think against Leicester uh, you know about a month ago now but maybe keep your eye on on Vanessa Kagman but definitely CK yeah and you mentioned you mentioned there about Esme obviously on loan from City at the moment she won't feature on Saturday but how is she 
fitted into the squad. I mean, she looks like she'd be getting plenty of minutes. Yes, she has. Obviously, it's been frustrating for us as, as with you being a parent club. She's not been able to play and she won't be playing, but she settled in great. I know she's somebody that the whole team, the staff, the girls are all really fond of. She's bedded in really well. Obviously, she's such a young player still and she's got progression to, to make in her game, but I think she's done very, very well. Um, particularly, I like the side of her game, her, her going forward, I think is really exciting as well. And she's, what, 19 years of age? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's, she's been fantastic as me. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great to have someone someone like her at the club as well, of course. She's got the she's gaining the experience now with Everton and, and maybe going forward it will suit her. She'll bed back into the Man City team going forward. But I don't know what the situation is. I, I, I don't know whether we'll have the option to sign her. As far as I'm aware, it's just a loan. Um, but, no, she's very, very well loved here, Esme. She settled in great. And I think you could see that when she scored her goal, um, the pylon from all the players when she <laughs> scored her first goal for the club. And, and that was lovely. And I think that just is... Is credit to her and, and how much of a lovely girl she is and, and how much everybody thinks of her here already. Yeah, and uh, obviously statement signings um, in this in this winter transfer window from Willie Kirk, as you said, Izzy Christiansen, Sandy Mc... Uh, how do you say her name? McCann? I say McKay. Sandy MacGyver, but I, I've, I'm yet McKeever, to I think. So I'm, I'm sure I said McKeever. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen an interview with her once and it was Mikiva, but I'm not, I'm not 100%. Oh, she'll tell me off as well then. I'll, I'll, I'll have to get straight No idea. Like. Yeah, just let me know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's massive statement of attempt. Two players returning back to Everton. I mean, that just obviously shows, you know, how much they think of the club as well. But how happy are you with the additions to the squad? I'm absolutely over the moon. Um, you know, there was the reports in the papers about us being linked with a move for Izzy Christiansen. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, please be true. Please be true. And I really wanted to... Like, I wanted it to be true for you. <laughs> can you believe it, though? It's such a... She's somebody that I... And obviously, you you had her at Manchester City as well, and she was fantastic. And I, I to, be from, to get her from Leon as well, it just shows what a pull Everton have got right now. Because um, mm. that mustn't have been an easy choice. But I think, given her missing the World Cup, which, to be honest with you, I was gutted about. I really, really wanted to see her in that squad, and I think she probably deserved to be uh, But for injuries. But no doubt now she, she'll be looking at getting as, as many minutes. She'll be, she should be playing, you'd imagine, yeah. uh, pretty frequently at Everton. You'd think she'd be on the starting 11 sheet. So, yeah, hopefully get her back in the Lionesses squad properly as well and looking to head forward into the Euros and stuff. So, you know, it's it's massive. It's massive them coming back. Um and it's a, it'll give a real boost, no doubt, to, to all the girls as well. I know when the when the Christiansen signing was announced, a lot of our girls were, were buzzing about it on social media and stuff. And bringing a player of that calibre and also seeing, like you said, them returning home, if you like, um, or back to somewhere they've been in. It, it's so exciting and I can't wait to see what, what she's going to bring to the side. Yeah, I mean, just on, on Izzy, it's just great to see her return to the WSL. I mean, it was... A shame, really, that she's obviously gone to Leon and she's not had the the opportunity to really make a mark on the squad. But like you said, with the injury, I know she worked really hard to get back in the squad. I remember reading like some columns that she did over the, over the summer and stuff, and how she was saying she was really putting the work in, but just there was no sort of place for her to sort of find a way in because the caliber of obviously Leon. 
you know, it, it was quite hard for her. So she deserves to be a, a club, like you said, where she's playing regular football. She's such a consistent player. So hopefully we'll get to see more of that when she returns back to Everton for sure. Definitely. I'm, I'm excited. And she seems like she's really got, like you said then about her, you know, working hard to get in the team. She does seem like somebody who's got that really professional uh, work ethic about her as well. And that's great because it lifts the whole team and that kind of rubs off and no doubt everyone will be rooting for her. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, if she starts against you guys on, on Saturday as well. Yeah. Um, and I'd imagine she'll get a very warm reception as well. And let's hope we see her back in the Lionesses squad um, sooner rather than later. Because I think for, for England, she's such an important player and really want to see her back in there and firing on all cylinders again. Yeah, I think uh, everyone will agree with that for sure. And she also brings that sort of experience, you know, because, you know, Willie Kirk, he, he likes his youth and, you know, to develop players, but also to, to give that balance to the squad. Do you think that's something you needed as well? A hundred percent. I mean, when you look at the players that we had last season um, and the teams that were getting put out most weeks, so much talent in there. But when you have got a team where everybody is so young, you do just need that little bit, bit of experience. And of course, Izzy playing, you know, for, for Manchester City and doing so well there and gaining experience. And then, of course, going over to Lyon as well and, and playing with, with the best players in the world. You've brought in Lucy Graham, who's come in and... and become made captain straight away she's got that real maturity about her and yeah I think Kika Van Ness in there as well and, and players that have really performed and played at the at the best levels um, are able to come in and teach the younger girls what they know and it's a nice environment as well because players for example like Molly Pike who, who who's come in um, from Chelsea and I think she's been really really good one for the future she's just made up to be here she's getting quite a lot of first team action actually but she said just to be here and to be able to take advantage of learning my trade off off these kind of players it can only be a benefit for everybody involved in the team and and it's great to see sure and uh, so what are your hopes then for for Everton this season and beyond I, I think we've got a nice little cup tie um obviously we, we didn't do too well in the in the uh, Conti Cup but we've got the FA Cup we've got a draw against London Bees at home so that's quite a kind fixture um, what I'm a, one that I look forward to and I think really kind, kinder see, than ours <laughs> yeah I, I was going to say I think the been, uh, certainly the one that I think will have neutrals at uh, mouth watering will be the, the Manchester Derby but yeah it, it's a bit of a brutal one that you could have done with a with a slightly a slightly kinder one just to get you, you the ball rolling but uh, if we could go on to I mean it's a big shout to say to lift the cup but I don't see why we couldn't. I think Everton on our day, we're capable of beating anybody. We've, we've certainly got the talent and the ability to do that. So that would be a real dream. And you know, to finish in the top four, I don't want to. I don't want to speak too soon. And there's a lot of talent in there. But wow, what an achievement that would be. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a matter of though. I can't get too carried away. But yeah. you know, we just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other, um, taking each game as it comes, and, and trying our best to get get wins in in all of the games and and play without fear um and yeah i I think top top four five would be incredible um when you think where we've come from and and to win a cup would be fantastic or to reach a final get to wembley would be would be special so yeah we'll go with that no pressure girls (laughs) (laughs) i know if you listen (laughs) all right so uh for saturday's game then can't let you leave without a little prediction what how do you think the game will turn out 
I'm gonna go for a one-all. Actually, um, I think it'll be a really competitive game. I think it'll be really tough. Some of your players right now. I mean, Bremer is just terrifying. Um, Lauren Hemp as well has been so so fantastic and exciting to watch. Goals can come from all over against Manchester City, so we've got to be at the top of our game defensively. Um, but I think we'll nick a cheeky goal in there as well. Maybe Chloe Kelly. Uh, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna go one all. Yeah, I think it'd be either way. I think it's gonna be a very marginal. You know, like we've had a few five nils this this season, but in no way do I think that's going to happen. I would. I uh, certainly hope not. No, no, that's what I feel. <laughs> Definitely not going to happen. It's going to be a tough game. Like you said, if it, if the Southport game is anything to go by, despite the conditions, I mean, you know, Everton played so well, especially towards the end of the game, and we really had to, had to keep our heads. Um, and I I think it's going to be much the same on Saturday as well. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. I can't wait to get down there, and it's such an excellent facility as well. Like it's always a great place to go. And I've got to say, on the on the Man City fans as well, you guys are great. Like it's always a really good atmosphere, whether we're going there or when you guys come to to Southport or wherever we're playing. So I'm looking forward to it, and I think it'll be a really really exciting game. Brilliant. Well, thanks for speaking to us today, Sarah, and uh, hopefully I'll see you at the game. Yeah, definitely. I'll see you there, Emma. Can't wait, mate. Cheers. See you soon. So Dave, we're travelling to Sheffield United in the middle of the week on Wednesday. What information have you got for fans that are planning to make the trip? Yeah, that's right. It's um, Sheffield United in the Conti Cup. It's knockout now, the Conti Cup from this round. Last round was the group stage. We're now into the knockout phases. Uh, this is the quarterfinals. Sheffield United away next Wednesday evening, 7.30pm kickoff. Now, Sheffield United women have moved recently. Um, they're now playing at the Proax Stadium, which is Chesterfield FC's ground. So it's you know, obviously in Chesterfield rather than Sheffield. So I'll give you the full address. It's the Proax Stadium, Chesterfield, 1866 Sheffield Road. So obviously a big number. And the sat-nav code is S418NZ. Although I've been told that some of the older sat-navs might have this code, which is S418LF. So the two codes I have are S418NZ and S418LF. One of those will work for you. As I say, it's a 7.30pm kickoff. Now, it is a Wednesday night, so obviously give yourself plenty of time if you can, if you're working and you're leaving work a bit earlier, maybe. I mean, in theory, it's an hour and a half journey, um, but obviously you need to allow for a bit of rush out traffic between the Wednesday tea time and evening and give yourself at least a good two hours to get there. Um, that's what we're, we're doing. So, um, it's uh, car parking is available um, on, on the, at the ground, limited to permits when Chesterfield play we're not sure about when Sheffield United play we think you won't need a permit but you will have to pay there is um, an amount of street parking around the ground as well um, which should be okay for the Sheffield United women's game um, Sheffield themselves are offering a, a, an offer at the moment where they're doing two tickets for the size of one with their game on Sunday they play Aston Villa at home and then our game if you buy online prior to the game they're £5 uh, 
he does not say what they are on the night, but they'll probably be at least a pound more, six, maybe six or seven pounds more on the night to go in. As far as I know, there's only one side of the ground open and it is unreserved. So, you know, if you want to come and sit with all us, the city fans, you're more than welcome as usual. You, you, you'll still hear us and see us. We'll be gathering somewhere in that stadium. That's it, really. That's all I've got. We've never been here before. Uh, I've never even been to this, this Chesterfield ground before. Last time I went to Chesterfield, they played somewhere else than the normal ground. This is a new ground. I think it opened about 2007 so this is new ground for us again I've seen quite a lot of them recently so but if there's anything that anyone wants to know specifically about the journey or, or the ground they can contact me uh, via the OSC Twitter I will endeavour to find out any answers for them as usual so like I said this is now knockout so it will be decided on the night no replays no draw or anything like that um, so that's something to bear in mind I'm not sure about extra time I don't think they go to extra time I think if it's a draw it might go straight to penalties that was the rule last season the exception of the final, which had extra time. So I, I presume that it's the same this season, but it will, be, it will be settled on the night. So if anyone's going, we'll see you down there. That's that's next Wednesday, the 15th of January. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks for that, Dave. More than welcome. Yeah, uh, how are you feeling now, looking ahead? Obviously, now, like you said, it gets to sort of like the knockout stages here now in the, the Conti Cup and looking ahead to FA well, Cup. How are you feeling about it? Well, first of all, the Conti Cup, obviously, finishing second in the group, we, were, we knew we were going to be away. Uh, we could only get three times. We could get Sheffield United, who we got, Arsenal or Chelsea away. So I suppose on paper, we would have chose Sheffield United mm-hmm. as the easier of three times. But it's certainly not an easy time. It's a big, big game for them. They'll be up for it. They'll want to take our scalp and hold us. They're hoping we'll be reeling a bit after the news about uh, Nick. I'm sure they'll be using that in the team talk and things like that. So, it, you know, it, it's got it's got the potential of being a, you know, a typical classic cup time, you know, a, team, a lower division team at home to a top division team. Mm-hmm. And they'll want to unsettle us. And I think it could be a tough game. But as, as always, I fancy City, if we play well and play so as we can do, we should come through. We've done it many times before. We've got a lot of experience now mm-hmm. with these sort of games. So I fancy us in that. Obviously, the, the FA Cup, massive game. Um, to, to, to draw United again, but everyone's sort of going, oh, no, God, not again. I think both City and United fans are, are a little bit wary now how often it's coming out, you know, the first game at the Etihad and now in both cups, you know. Um, on the downside, I've seen that both City and United's men's team, well, United's men's team, if they get through against Wolves, they'll be playing that day. City's got a home game against Hull and the men the same day and time, so that could obviously impact on the crowd and the attendance. I'd like to see the game move, but... You know, this is an old bugbear that goes back a while, you know, these clashes. Yeah. So um, it's a shame because we want to get as many people in the grounds as we can for, for the women's games yeah, to promote a- it. Absolutely. I mean, from, from I'm sure that I'll be from both sets of fans as well. I mean, obviously the tie yeah. was drawn on Monday night and you, you couldn't write it really, could you? <laughs> we drawn out the oh, hat. I, mean, I mean, knew it. Whether or not we're all happy with the draw, the draw is what it is. Yeah. So it's a prestigious game no matter what. It's always a big game, Manchester Derby. It's going to attract attention, going to attract national attention. So, and then they go and stick it on a day when it clashes with the men's teams of yeah. both teams, which is, you know, it's just counterproductive really. It's a shame. This is an old thing that I've been banging on about for years and it's not just City. You know, I, I do feel for it with every team, you know, because I just don't think it should happen as much as it does. But, you know, unfortunately, it's out of the hands of some clubs and stuff and that's just the way it is. But, yeah, in terms of the game, certainly, certainly be a big game on the day. But I think, 
know, it's an old cliche with City. We talk about Everton on Saturday. Every game now, the next game is the most important. We said this on your podcast last week because we are still in this title race as well. So, you know, we can't really worry about the United game. That's four games away. You know, we've got to worry about the games, you know, as they come. So the first game, Everton, and, and Everton have been much improved this season. That won't be an easy, easy game on Saturday. So, let's start with that. And then we've got Sheffield. Yeah, I mean, one game at a time. Uh, one game at a time. But just because we are pro, uh, previewing the Sheffield game, do you think it will be an opportunity? We will see a bit more rotation from Nick for that game in particular. Um, yeah, I don't think the, the news with Nick. I don't think that will change his thinking um, about the game and the team. I don't think he'll wait to see if everyone comes through the Everton game first unscathed. That'll be his first port of call mm-hmm. so he'll take stock of everyone after Everton maybe on Monday and have a look and he, he may you know he may just fancy a rotation yeah it's possible I'm not sure where or who but you know there are players who could come in um, I noticed he played uh, uh, the Lee uh, Jess Park Tyler Tolendall played for the uh, academy side this week in the cup and did well as well yeah they did yeah they had one eleven no apparently but you know it's good to see that those players are Ticket over, ready if they needed, and, and that's the sort. Of Sheffield game is the sort of game where we might see someone introdu- introduced. I'm not know if he'll rotate the goalkeeper, give Elliot a rest. I don't think he'll want a rest against Sheffield United. But, yeah, I don't uh, think so either. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to be the one to tell her if he is going to do that. But I don't think the news over Nick leaving will change his plans at all. No, I think you know he'll, he'll approach the game as he would have done anyway. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Dave. Um, hopefully, we'll catch up next week. We will. We've got Birmingham on a Sunday, so uh, I'll, I'll do some more research. We've been there before, so I know that one. Yeah, you just need to find out if you can take dog. <laughs> right, I'll, 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 I'll look that That's one. something for you to do. I, I'm, I'm down at the Midlands next weekend, and I want to detour to the game on the way home, but unfortunately, I'll have my dog well, with me. So that's the make or break for me. If I can't take the dog, I can't go to the game. So. What I can't say is I've seen people take dogs there before. We had someone come with us in the away end last time, and the other dog with them. So I have seen, I have seen dogs there before, but I will yeah. find out. No, I, I do remember, but obviously with the um, refurb and, and everything they've had done at the stadium, I wasn't too sure if you could or not. I think Kaz yeah. from Great Saint 68 was going to try and help me find out whether he could or not. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I might be taking my dog. Oh, well. Weird. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to try and stick some blue on him or something. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that should be fun. Well, I know my dog is he's, he's really. I don't want to talk about the dog because it's totally irrelevant. But he, do, he doesn't. He doesn't like drums and he doesn't like bands. You know, like. like I know. So I might have to sit the other side of the stadium. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, that'd be brilliant. I'm, you know, that's great. Cheers, Dave. All right, thanks, Dave. And that's it for this week's podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, obviously a little bit longer than usual given the news this week that Nick Cushing will be leaving Man City Women as manager in February for a new assistant manager role at New York City Football Club in America. And we'd just like to wish Nick all the very best with this next part of his career uh, and we hope that you can carry all the successes of Man City Women forward to your ongoing club. All the best Nick. Don't forget, if you're not already, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you search at MCW Fancast, you should be able to find us. And we'll be back next week.